Hey legends, welcome back to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, today we're at episode number 98, getting ever so close to episode 100, getting very excited to, to raising the bat uh, with the with the crew for the Christmas special, which are uh, to be confirmed which date we'll do it, but it will be up uh, on iTunes, Podbean and Spotify for your Christmas morning commute. So you get a bunch of idiots talking about the year. Uh, hopefully it'll be nice and entertaining. Big thank you to everyone for listening, for uh, taking you guys taking the time out of your very important schedules to listen to me chat to our guests. Uh, today's guest, I am very fortunate to have back from Burundi, uh, a little country in East Africa. He's been there for the last seven months. Uh, this guy is probably one of the nicest, greatest, most genuine humans you'll ever meet. Uh, he won't tell you that himself. He's sitting in front of me giving me the bird right now. Uh, we've just had an exceptional conversation around life, around oh, complex beauty, time, curiosity, people, place. Uh, just, just one of those conversations that will make you a better person, I think, if you listen. Maybe. Anyway, give me some feedback. If you like it, please share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. If you don't, share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter. Be amazing. Here we go. Here's Jordy. Should I even say your name? It's Jordan Vidal, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Hello. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Priorities. Jordan, mate. <gasps> Welcome. Is it on? It's on. It's go time. Yeah. How the hell are you? Yeah, good. How's your morning been? It's been delightful. So, as, um, as we just said, a bit of salt water on the skin. Good. A bit of sun rays. Now, yes. I've got lots of things I want to talk to you about today. Yeah. But I'm going to start with the question I start most of these with. What gets you out of bed in the morning? I am, um, well, literally, I have like a... These bird sounds as my alarm. Good. <laughs> so that's the first thing that actually happens. It's, which it's got to be significantly better than the uh, the honking of oh, the mate, iTunes, iTunes thing, alarm. I actually couldn't think of anything worse. Like, oh, mate, even an alarm is quite unnatural. But <laughs> yeah. What gets me out? I think I'm just, I'm genuinely quite an optimistic person who is just very interested in, um, or very appreciative of, daylight and yeah. colour and life and yeah have you always been like that? Uh, yeah I guess growing up in a family it's very I guess from my dad as well very observant and very um, I guess simple in a way yeah. like values family and um, I guess an example is you could never be driving with dad without him saying you know you should be looking out the window what are <laughs> yeah. you doing look out the window stop looking down yeah. look at it look there's so much to see um yeah so i think i think it's always been 
kind of curious and and just drawn to the simplicity of what a day is. Yeah. Well, when we actually pay attention to it, you realize that that simplicity is actually pretty complex. Yeah. Like you look out outside now and right in front of us, you've got a little garden. Then you look up and it's just like blue skies, sun mm. streaming in, mm. leaves yeah. are rustling. Yeah. I hope everyone listening to this podcast is in the car looking outside just going this is pretty fucking cool uh, yeah I think that's uh, you can kind of have both both approaches I think it's like a balance there's times for just simplicity for yeah. emptying the mind and and resting in it or enjoying it and then there's times for the the curiosity to, to click in and kind of yeah. get another speed what are, when when are the times that your curiosity kind of like kicks in the gear the most? What are you doing? Jeez, you made me think. Um, maybe in probably actually when I'm comfortable. Yeah. When I'm in a, an environment that maybe I've had many simple engagements, you know, just being in there and resting, and then it kind of allows. A platform to um, to to look a little deeper, or to think a little, a little more. Like I think about times where my mind wanders the most, and it tends to be in a place of of comfort, yeah, like or, or familiar, yeah. Um, and and maybe it's often in a in a natural environment. It's probably a little cliche, but maybe that's just a yeah. human thing that to be not around concrete is pretty, yeah. Um, motivating as well. Mm. You've had a, a pretty big chunk of the last 12 months not necessarily around concrete. Mm. Fill us in on that experience. Yeah. Um, and how to come about, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it starts a long time ago, but yeah. this is like the simplest complex kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I've just come back from Burundi, which when I say that, Name, yeah. Most people are like, "What's that?" Yeah. Not where is that? Because um, it's a, a very small country just south of Rwanda. Yeah. Uh, East Africa. Yeah. yeah. And uh, working, I work in the coffee industry. Um, once again, not intentionally. Just, <laughs> just never left um, after working with a roaster here in Melbourne. That's and that seems like a a common coffee thing, uh, like. Because a lot, a lot of people get into fields intentionally, and yeah. coffee seems to be that like almost uh, kind of stepping stone to get somewhere else. But a lot of people don't leave it. Mm. Why do you think that is? I think it's wait, it's almost like you compare a cafe to. Obviously, we're in the consumer side, so that's where I'll go first. But yeah, you compare a cafe to uh, a restaurant or um, a gallery or. I don't know, cafes are this space where you can have excellence and you can kind of dive down a rabbit hole of quality, um, but it is so accessible, it's so approachable, yeah. you can go in without shoes, you could be, <laughs> just come from the races, it doesn't matter, like, there's just this melting pot of, of, of people, um, I guess class is kind of not really seen so much. Uh, more and more now, I think in Melbourne there is still division. Um, yeah. When you're stuck in million dollar budgets and it's, <laughs> it does become this bit of a cut and paste or yeah. uh, it gets a bit funny, a bit clicky. But I think coffee kind of represents coffee in a way that it 
it's kind of a thing that egos can be dropped and it's tr- it tries to be quite real yeah um, and like anything you add a lot of humans to it and things get a little trendy and naturally everyone wants a little sexy consumption yeah uh, uh, but I think that's why a lot of people saying copy yeah. just because it's you've got um, a motivation for people for connection yeah and accessibility yeah well, I guess you've got that like level of connection with the communities that cafes especially ones that aren't the copy and paste the ones that have have this have soul and the ones that are that are built off people's love for sharing things mm-hmm. and then you've got that excellence that comes with wanting to perfect or at least imp- continue to improve a product that you know it's certainly something that is very widely available but mm-hmm. the difference between a good coffee and a shitty coffee is is very easily noticeable once you spend some time mm. over some beans yeah but even that like you can, oh, there's probably a lot of people who you kind of almost deny the quality of the thing you're consuming for the quality of the people or the place oh 100% uh, I may, maybe I, lo- I really love the word place because that really encompasses people space and everything and if that's quality uh, it doesn't really matter what I'm yeah. consuming, you know? Yeah, if, good if, call. Yeah, I guess that's community. Shitty fish and chips on the beach with a good crew is oh, just as good as take you know, there. I mean, anything. Can't be mad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, um, that's um, uh, mind blank quality. Where were we? It happens. Yeah, love it. Um, Nothing wrong with like a big chunk of silence because then everyone can just like stop and look outside and take a breath. Yeah, look up guys, yeah. Well, back to then the link with Burundi, the roaster I was working with here um, for like, it had been eight years, kind of part-time casual and then full-time post-studies. One of our producers, one of our suppliers was uh, a company called Long Miles Coffee based out of Burundi. And I guess my interest, especially maybe even for... This is what I mean, like it's. I can't. I can't just say. I just. Yeah. I just it was one day. Yeah. It wasn't irrational, um, <laughs> uh, which many people seem to think it was at the time. Like, yeah, twenty-seven, you're getting late twenties. You just need to change things up. Little early life crisis. No, like, just, nah. just another progression. <laughs> yeah, life's really good. No need to leave. Um, but I just had, I guess, uh, yeah, four or five years ago, just started to be more interested in what. Being human is actually that. It's just like, I don't know how to grow food. Like, if you drop me somewhere, I would not, I actually yeah. wouldn't know how to be human. I'm just I'm the consequence of a, you know, this a system Western that, capitalist yeah. society that has provided everything I need and I just have to exist in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, um, seriously. And so it's like, yeah, it's kind of started this curiosity to like, what is it just to, to be a human being? Like, yeah. Um, and growing up with a few certain constructs and worldviews, it's like, okay, uh, none of these are my own and I don't actually understand how and why they exist. Yeah. Um, and so then when it came to coffee, it was kind of like an opportunity to, to look into supply chains yeah. and kind of that same kind of curiosity about like, what, what look, just look deeper. Like, what is this thing that we're a part of? And I guess with everything, almost everything comes back to soil. And that's been a fascination for me the last couple of years. And I guess in my industry, in my profession, that looks like most people who are working with soil are producers yeah. and people growing and, and um, preparing green raw product. 
and last year I I knew at the start of the year I was like summed up with the middle of this year it's going to be significant um, and I just took four weeks annual leave and sent myself to Burundi for two weeks yeah. I, had a, I had a connection with this company as well a dude I'd worked with um, I just said can I just be a fly on the wall for two weeks like I've, I hadn't been to I'd been to East Africa once before as a 15 year old but this was a little bit a little bit different yeah, yeah. And, and that was just incredible. And nothing came out of it. It was just you know, just beautiful people. It was overwhelming at, you know, many times. And um, and nothing, yeah, nothing came. I just remember being like, I just came back, came back to Melbourne. I did another two weeks with my sis up in um, Scando. Yeah. And then just kind of came back into routine again. And I was like, what is going on? Like there was so, something was supposed to happen in the middle of last year. Yeah. And it's just funny timelines. Timelines just never, you know, why, why plan it? It never happens you know, what you expect it anyway. Yeah. And a few months later, a kind of a conversation picked up with part of the team from over there, just like, hey, we need someone to, to help us next season with our quality and someone with some sensory experience. Yeah. And so, yeah, just kind of pursued... Well, didn't pursue that actually. I was kind of like, oh, that's a bit of a sidestep or backward step, and unknown. And why would I leave? Life's so good. Um, I have community here. The Peninsula's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. No reason to leave. And then I had another another friend who had asked me. It was another part of our world, and again, a pretty incredible invitation just to to be part of something he was doing. Yeah. Um, and I just. F- had this real I was like okay I need to go I need to go there and see what it feels like awesome because I'm pretty sensitive to place apparently <laughs> even as soon as I landed yeah. I was like I'm not this is not where I need to be yeah and wow. I've got 10 more days here yeah. and lucky he's just such a good friend <laughs> um, and it was just funny just to close that door there and then just feel really motivated to start pursuing um, this opportunity with Long Miles Coffee yeah um, and yeah, I guess even in that context, uh, there's a bit of subconscious privilege. I think that sometimes happens with being tall and white and male. <laughs> and and uh, it's not like I've had any crazy jobs or anything, but it's just yeah. I haven't actually ever really had to apply or push for jobs. It's kind of naturally. Yeah. And that's a, that's also then just the the value of the people I've. Yeah, well, it's, my the life. big part of that would be you putting yourself in places and yeah. and networking. Because you're genuinely interested in people and yeah. creating those connections, which allow opportunities to arise, and vice versa. The people I've happened to connect with yeah. have also been incredibly generous and connecting. But it was just it was the first time really I had this shift from something being offered to me to me actually having to pursue. Yeah, and I think that was so necessary for me because I can easily be quite apathetic or, or passive, um, and all of a sudden I'm like. I'm sending emails yeah. and I haven't no had a response. So I'm sending a second email. Yeah. No, and I'm like, okay, am I sending it? I'm sending it. I want this. Like, I never, yeah. so I couldn't answer what I wanted. I yeah. was just kind of like, what if it's wrong? That was always my kind of mentality. But yeah. this is like, no, this is right. And yeah. I think I, I need cool. to push this. And yeah, so then, what, uh, nine months after I, I had visited there, yeah. I'm, I've, I'm signing a contract. I'm quitting a job that's kind of comfortable and enjoyable. And, yeah. And that was all sorts of things and uh, feelings. And yeah, but the whole time, just so natural, just super drawn. Just yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, this isn't irrational. This is yeah. totally 
what needs to happen. So it was like it was obviously like a natural progressive thing, but was there a, a catalyst that kind of push you over the line or kind of made you or push you to make that decision mm. or was it just a day after day you just wanted it more and more and more I think I could easily just be like nah day after day I just want it more yeah. and more but I look back through kind of some journaling or yeah, and it is it is yes a day by day thing but there's definitely there was many times where I was just my my routine my 9 to 5 was not tapping something deep I think yeah. it was me um, there was something that was lacking and it was good and good's cool yeah but it wasn't best one or more yeah yeah and it's just like when there's when there's when it's good but there's there's, there's a best there's always going to be something and I couldn't always name it but um, <laughs> you talk to I guess some close friends or housemates and it was kind of like there was many conversations about I just think I need to quit what am yeah. I doing I need to quit um, and so I guess there was, uh, yeah, it was, so yeah, it was kind of the day by day in a way, but it's like, yeah. it's built up. Yeah. yeah. Like there's so many experiences and to that moment of like, yep. Okay. And I didn't quit before I signed the contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know where this could go. And then as soon as I signed that contract, then I was like, yeah, I can quit and I can, I can move. But what that feeling of sense of place, just like, yep, that was a build up. But it was like, then there was this moment of like. I want yeah. this awesome and then that moment turned into like after I signed a contract this is a dream yeah I've you know I've written many times in the journal I want life to be extraordinary and all of a sudden I'm like it's gonna be extraordinary shit this is this is kind of extraordinary <laughs> yeah I'm, like, I'm not worthy of this or like I hadn't thought of myself actually doing it actually pushing through yeah um yeah things going from head to hands and feet you know yeah but yeah so then, yeah, that led me to seven months in a very different context to this one. Yeah. Well, before we dive into that, I've always been fascinated uh, by people who do pull the trigger on things like that. Like they quit the job that is comfortable and is they do well and they enjoy mm. for that almost to dive into the unknown of something that could be could be wonderful could be that extraordinary thing you're looking for or could everything could fall in a heap because you, it's in the unknown. Mm-hmm. Why do you think now was the time or then was the time to do it? And what, for people that are sitting in a job they don't love or doing something that's just good, what advice would you have for them? Or what thought process would you would you yeah. kind of push them down? Yeah. It's just, I, they're actually like my favorite conversations as well. Like, I'm, yeah. they, and it's just funny that you asked me that because I'm like, did I do that? I did, <laughs> yeah. I did that. You did that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, they're genuinely my favorite question. That moment that someone has the um, balls or ovaries yeah. to actually <laughs> make, make that decision. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I, maybe there's people who think similar to me, but I know my personality. There's a lot of things from relationships to job decisions to personal things. It's like I, I can naturally have a mindset of what if it's wrong, yep. which makes me a bit risk averse. Yep. And I'm so encouraged, and I love people who have an attitude like, oh, they're just not that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't even ask what if it's right. It's just fuck it, just it's do it, a, just do See it. What yeah. happens. And I was like, I just don't. That's yeah. just not how my brain's wired. Like yeah. I'm a bit, I try not to be risk averse, and when I'm healthy, I'm definitely be more spontaneous. But yeah. Um, I think 
I yeah, I was just challenged by um, a friend a while back, and yeah. uh, that literally posed that question like, "What if it's right?" Yeah, um, and then that I couldn't. So the what if it that. fails? Well, what if it doesn't? Yeah, but yeah. what? Yeah, what? What if it's right? Yeah, you know, and I'm putting equal weight on that instead of you know, it's like a the I mean, there's a classic, not a classic, but there's a, there's a study that's you know, for, it takes a very short time for yeah. a bad experience to be kind of imprinted ingrained in your psyche. Definitely, but it takes a, you know a minimum fifteen seconds of a good experience, like nonstop, to, yeah. for that to be. Okay, like so we're naturally wired for like well I am yeah <laughs> for like what if it's wrong yeah like ah negative things like protect survival instinct like, yeah we, we definitely respond uh, more fervently to the to the negative experiences to mm-hmm. the what's well, this I guess it's a survival mechanism right yeah. it's the okay well I want to stay alive or I at least want to stay healthy or stay yeah. stay moving forward so let's do, not do that yeah but as you would have under, 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 definitely understand now and as you made that transition like those things that are really scary and really exciting mm-hmm. at the same time like they're the things we should be pursuing mm-hmm. yeah well, I think and that's something like personally I think I was just realising that, that my my world was very defined and it was quite bound yeah I would I hate to think that yeah um, and obviously it still is but I've only know whatever I've seen yeah. my own experiences and I can dream about things but it's only when you <laughs> actually move your feet yeah. or use your hands that you know for something new that your world is expanded um, I guess there was an, maybe like a metaphor that I I was using to process was like okay I've got a palette like a colour like a painter's yeah. a palette and I have some colours um, and that's all I'm seeing that's my lens for the world yeah. I can only paint the world with these colours I've experienced and know and nothing was really because I was working hard, there was a lot of commute, yeah. you know. Then I started training, which is awesome in this community. So, uh, which adds a little colour. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, hey, there's, there's just what, there's a lot more colour. Yeah. There's infinite colour. Yeah. And I'm, and me staying here, I'm not going to expand, I'm not going to add any new colours. There's going to be no diversity. And yeah. that's not only not a benefit for me or missed opportunity it's, it's good again this is like the good but what's best and yeah. it's like okay I could just live with these colours but I'm like no I don't I don't want to there's more yeah. you know there's there's all these unknowns and part of that experience is like okay well if I am going to go and be in a new context all I'm doing is adding adding colour yeah. and if anything actually and on reflection it's like okay well my palette was actually expanded too um, I can't paint <laughs> so it's a terrible <laughs> metaphor but um, it's like actually it's a great analogy because everyone like everyone inherently understands colour and then the more colour the more palette you get the more experience we have yeah. and I think the world becomes a better place with more people with bigger palette with more colour yeah like if you're able to now paint things with a wider array of colours yeah. using the metaphor because you can't paint neither can I yeah. then the, every interaction you have every conversation you t- you communicate in every environment that you contribute to is going to be better now because of the the experiences that you've had yeah and it's and it goes beyond uh, another way i've tried to coin it because i definitely wasn't a money move <laughs> yeah. going to burundi yeah um 
but it's like experiential equity. Yeah. And so actually, we need, I need to, not we, I need to put more value on that. And I think Definitely. I'm happy with this and I need to continue to, to put a lot of value on experience. Yeah. Especially, I don't have a mortgage. I'm not about to have a baby. You know, there's some things I can yeah, afford. Don't do it as a trap. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think it even comes down to, and obviously this is, a, it's definitely a privilege to be able to have to do these kind of things, but like yeah. you're, you're at the shop and you want to buy some butter, you can buy the cheap butter yeah. or you get the, you know, dive into, dip into the fancy butter because <laughs> it might change, it's going to add a colour, you know, yeah. and you're going to have, the next time you have a conversation with someone about cooking or butter, yeah. I love butter, so I actually yeah. talk about butter quite a lot. <laughs> Um, you're just going to have more to talk about. Yeah, you know? good. I think when we just, if we just always, I don't jump into the when, engineering. When was the last time you did something for the first time? It should be like a question that we ask ourselves every oh, day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and, oh, that's just a constant invitation. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think... One of my favorite, I don't know, quotes or... I can't remember who said it, but it was if you can't, you can't give what you haven't got and you can't share what you haven't experienced. And we use it, we use it a lot in a coaching context, right? So if you don't know what it feels like to be under a bar or to be doing repeat effort 400 or like whatever it is, exercise wise, then it's really difficult for me to, to take my, one of my athletes through that, through that session or through that exercise or through that whatever and if i have experienced it and know what it feels like then it creates a whole new level of understanding when i'm coaching someone through it mm. it's exactly the same with with travel with conversation with cooking with your butter mm. if you know what that butter tastes like then you can you have an, a, another layer or another color to be able to dish out mm. to to the people you're having that conversation with yeah. and that in itself creates more enjoyment and creates another another aspect to anything that we do it's enriching it, yeah it's like that's wealth and that's why we're here yeah that's I just yeah that's unreal yeah. it's that like you have uh, you have it's like language you've got I don't know the more adjectives you know yeah. the more you can describe things the more you can be specific um, and that, you know, that's something with what I've been doing in coffee is being very sensory wise and yeah. like oh how do you get in shopping like that yeah it's very simple and basic and you just have to know how to talk a lot of shit as well. But <laughs> yeah. aside of that, you just, it's experience, it's time. Time is the gift in that regard because yeah. the more time you have, the more new experiences you can, you're invited to, to pursue. Definitely. And then the more you can compare and the more specifically you can describe, you can put three of almost the same things, you know, in front of someone yeah. and there's a chance they might be able to describe each, you know, instead of just, it's just the same. Yeah. So, no, they'll be able to describe. And yeah, they're different. That's enriching if you're, if you can go through your day from conversations with your spouse to to a mate or just with yourself, like yeah. the way that, I don't know, I think that's a gift. If you can articulate things specifically and I don't know, you just, when it, that's like a, um, just a, a positive outcome for curiosity. Definitely. Know? Instead of just looking at something like flower. <laughs> if you study <laughs> flowers, you'll be able to like name that, you'll be so stoked on the, you know, the, yeah biology of that specific flower and and like you've always gone full circle with like that curiosity mm. and that that search for for things that are a little little different and to find i guess the extraordinary in the ordinary like mm. everything like life is inherently better if we find something that we enjoy or appreciate or whatever and then look into it and learn more like you're never gonna learn more about something and go, i wish i never learned that mm. like 
it gives you the capacity to and it, it takes you to your edges and then gives you the capacity to grow those edges to be able to give more and do more and be more which is mm-hmm. you know, I guess probably the reason one of the reasons why you got on that plane to, mm-hmm. to fly over to Burundi talk me through that experience and especially the first couple of weeks so I always find whenever you do something different mm-hmm. that learning curve is really steep what was that like? Oh, yeah. Um, it it was. Well, I I have to say, like I I landed with some incredibly generous and beautiful people, um, who I had previously spent a few weeks with. Yeah. You know, and they one of them in particular, do called Ollie. He's a very good friend now, and. I remember landing and he just, he hosted so well. So I was kind of, there was an element of comfort. Um, yep. But as the weeks progressed and it's like, okay, this is my new reality. Um, uh, again, felt very natural. I'm like, okay, this this is very complex, but I'm, I'm meant to be here. Yep. Um, how did I, how did I coin it? I think it was like, it was like complex beauty. That's cool. Because I'm in an environment that's, it's, it's undeveloped. The reality is one of of uh, fiscal poverty, yeah, and political poverty, but there's like huge, seemingly social wealth. Um, the other then big thing was, um, I'm I represent my skin, and my ethnicity is a symbol in Burundi, yeah, okay, of a colonial past yeah. and of privilege of money and this is this is something that was like a battle for me that took a look took a while yeah but it meant i was very uncomfortable it's almost I, like i i didn't want to leave my the yeah, gate okay. of my residence you that adventurous well, spirit yeah. is like hard to yeah well that, that's where the fear and the that that kind of becomes that front of mind yeah was it was it perceived or was it was it genuine or, or both? I think it's a bit of both. Like genuinely, genuinely simple. Yeah. Um, but how, okay, so then it took a few months and then I found another way that, you know, because I did a lot of walking, um, which was actually such a gift as well because I had to be on the street. I yeah. had to walk past people. I had therefore neighbours. And yeah. um, they have legs, I have legs. You know, and they start to be like, oh yeah, everyone's human. Everyone's the same. Uh, yeah. But how I coined it was like, oh wow, I've been so self-aware no self-conscious of myself in space yeah i'll say all these spaces it was never there was no no ability for me to have a deep connection to anyone or anything really because i was so self-aware so inward there's kind of this you know i wouldn't go as far as like not negative ego in a way but yeah still like thinking about myself i'm like i'm uncomfortable i'm different yeah we're different who am i to be here there's also i'm like i shouldn't be this is your place. Yeah. And what am I doing here? Who am I to come and walk in your streets? Um, just because of what the you history perceived and, of, yeah, and, and, yeah. and a perception. What I was perceiving that they, how they were perceiving me. Yeah. And as time went by and I kept walking those streets and I started to have more conversations, started to learn a few words. Yeah. Um, and just got more comfortable to be myself and be curious in people yeah. and simultaneously reading um, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance which we can talk about after definitely uh, just with that once again time is a gift because then I, I've realised 
there's a few times I think yeah I was walking around I was walking to work or something and I was like oh I totally forgot that I was like in Bush and Bora and I realised that I'd moved from self-conscious of myself in space yep. to aware of the place I'm in so it's this totally different posture yeah. and it took months like three months yes I'm working and busy and whatnot but yeah. all these differences I'm different they're different I'm not meant to be blah 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 yes. and with time you, I know I'm still meeting new people every day and three months before that yeah. I would have been freaking out like oh they're judging me they yeah. don't want me here I shouldn't be here how do I say anything to them I'll walk on the other side of the road yeah, actually, well. you know. but it's like I know now I'm just like okay I am here this is your place yeah. I want to respect that yeah. I'll change my body language but also I'm, I'm, I'm not here to exploit no I, you're there I, to contribute yeah and I understand that I'm a symbol of the past yeah. and I have to carry that as well that's yeah. a reality yeah well, but that's it like you being there and yes you have to carry that symbol but at the same time you can break down some of those preconceptions or misconceptions that, that the locals might have around what to expect from you and when they start to connect with you on different different levels and different ways, then they start to realize, okay, well, yeah, we all have, you know, mostly, hopefully, two legs. Mm-hmm. And we all have, you know, the same features and we all, but we all express it in different ways. So mm-hmm. uh, did, how did you feel that the, the, how did the interactions change as your perceptions changed over those three months? Mm-hmm. And obviously towards the, the end when you were probably a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think something that didn't change was my ability to learn French. <laughs> so there's no, that's that should yeah. be said as so well. Or French. Yeah. Well, Kirundi is like yeah. the, the language. Native the language. Little Swahili is thrown yeah. in there as well. But then French, Belgian um, kind of colonialism yeah. means there's a lot, of, a lot of education and business is in French. Um, yeah, I speak neither. So, but even what changed then was like, okay, rubbish English and uncomfortable and like, ah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just, I love engaging people and yeah. I, I'm in a taxi and I can't talk. And I'm yeah. like, I am so rude. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, to the end, I guess this is their my example. To, to be able to be in a taxi, throw some really terrible Kirundi their yeah. way. They laugh. Yeah. They, same as some good jokes, like white man jokes. Yeah. Um, you know, be able to offer fruit. Yeah. I don't know, have a little banter. I just, I think it was... Just, like, think of those two examples you gave and, like, what your body language would be in example one compared to what your body language would be in example two. Like, imagine that would be chalk and cheese. Yeah. So if your body language is relaxed and then, you know, you're trying to communicate and you're throwing out the words and you know that you know you're not saying it exactly right and things like that, then you're probably a little bit more relaxed and you're laughing about it. And then that's going to just, it's going to disarm any um, any misconceptions that that taxi driver has and they're going to want to engage with you and connect. And it's a completely different uh, interaction, yeah. example two to example one. And you know it. I think it's it's pride. Yeah. So I've got pride and I'm self-conscious and I even subconsciously hold myself at some level and I'm serious. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and actually can be quite pretty serious anyway, but it's like I'm too serious, I'm too self-conscious yeah. in that first posture. Yes, yeah, so I'm a bit stiff, a bit uptight. Yeah, and the second example is like yeah. humbling yeah. I've been humbled in, in, and that's an ongoing journey anyway yeah, it's like ah oh, that's actually what it is yeah it's like I've, okay I have to take myself less seriously um, you have to be humbled 
trust and pride. Yeah. And and it's not coming down to anyone else's level. It's just coming <laughs> down to reality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Um, just being there. Yeah. In that place. Yeah. You spoke before about learning to be human and learning what it is to be human. What's the last... How long have you gone for? Seven months? Seven months, What's yeah. the last seven months taught you about being human? Oh, yes. So good. How is being human? <laughs> it's the best because that's all we probably know. <laughs> what, what I've learned for some, it's not the best. Yeah. yeah? So I think even before I left, um, there was these... I started to have this... Uh, I know, I was just, I remember him just being at the beach here at Cook's Beach. Yeah. Being in the water and feeling really held. Just like, ah, I'm just, I'm on this planet and I'm fully submersed and I'm just moving with the tide a bit. Yeah. Um, the current. And it's like, ah, I'm just, I'm in the world. I'm fully part of it. I'm fully submersed right now. Yeah. And the reality is that Burundi exists right now. Yeah. Like, okay, it's beyond my own, my bubble. It's beyond what I'm just seeing now. Yeah. What I know. And... That's, I guess, something I've learned about being human is our shared reality. And that, yes, I'm so finite. I can't read every book. I can't learn every language. Um, I certainly learned that the last (laughs) seven months. Um, French is terrible, by the way, but excellent. Um, Shout out to everyone who knows French. Yeah, good on you. Uh, But this this idea of shared reality how can I not be aware of my neighbour mm. just because they're 10,000 kilometres east of me or west? Don't look at that. Yeah. It could be more or less. But like this was it. And even to be in Burundi and in this environment with, with neighbours and brothers and sisters who, you know, are in very different circumstances, very different... Um, even you know generations before us we have very different backgrounds but simultaneously I've got family friends and community 10,000 kilometers east yeah. you know and it's like ah everything's existing right now why do we have flags why do we draw lines in the sand and call yeah. them borders why do we separate ourselves and find you know and highlight differences on the reasons yeah yeah where and why yeah and why do we everything's so out of balance and I think I think that's yeah there's many other things I learned about being in but that was one of the answers yeah. we actually are all on a, we have a shared reality definitely um, and I think it's so okay if my focus can only be where I currently am well, it has to be okay. yeah like you, you can be like that awareness can be yeah, well, like we can sit here and go, okay, well, yeah, I'm aware that there's 300 million people in America sitting sitting around doing their thing, and there's you know however many people in Burundi, and you can do that for every little part of the world, and especially for all of us that like we're very fortunate that we can travel the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a time and a place and an environment where we have those, those capacities. Like I think back to some of the trips I've done, like you know whether the last I think the last place oh, New Zealand was last little trip I did and mm. there's, cool. there's a whole there's cities and there's a whole country worth of people just doing their thing and same thing with Japan same thing with South America same thing with when you think about Burundi and if my, if my mind is in those places now then I'm not appreciating 
mm. the niche, which I think is the best part of the world. Mm. But uh, I think I'm a little biased. But I think it's it's almost like it's not. It needs to be a shared awareness that when you open up your mind to new experiences by traveling, you start to realize that no, we're not really that different. Mm. And yeah, we we tend to highlight differences whether it's because we're afraid or you know it comes from the fear of differences mm. when people don't like what's different but when you start to understand and give yourself it took you three months to kind of allow allow yourself to experience those differences without that ego mm. and without that kind of self-awareness well not self-awareness self uh, Consciousness. self-consciousness and yeah and it's it's mind-blowing that we do have borders and flags and things like that and it's almost the I find myself in the middle because I understand why all those things Mm. exist Mm. but I also understand how different and potentially improve the world would be if they didn't Mm. isn't it it is interesting because there is like we want to we do want to fly a flag we do want to be part of something we're not family and community like there's a reason not every gym is called Murders or Jets or, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, no, because no, this There's is, this, different, this is its own We're thing. all so different. Yeah. Like, yes, we, f- we flock to people who have the same values and the same belief systems and you know, almost that echo chamber. And it's the same as like a you know, football clubs. Okay. Everyone has their, their team they support. And if approached the right way, like it's great having friends that, that um, support different teams. Mm. Because then there's that ability to come and connect over a shared love for a sport, <laughs> a shared hatred for other teams, and it creates that community in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's just when it's on a on a world scale where different languages and, and different traditions and different environments where it's lost because you don't have that shared interest because we forget about being human. And our rights, also certain people's rights are impacted, yeah. influenced as well. Yeah, definitely. Which, how how uh, obvious is the I guess the colonial rule, for lack of a better word, that had has been in areas like Burundi? Was it mm-hmm. obvious day to day? I'm like, I I'm really aware that I was only there for you know in the context of yeah <laughs> seven months. Seven, seven months, months though, yeah. is is like relative to yeah. <laughs> human existence is not long, but relative to your existence, it's a chunk of your life. Yeah. Uh, I think the consequences. Like I've, I don't know any other Burundi. Yeah, yeah. Started yeah. seven months unknown. So, um, politically, there isn't a lot of freedom. From oh, I'm even confused there because the government would tell you there's freedom. <laughs> I think uh, I've got like some of my good friends there. Uh, um, French Belgian. You know, incredible people, super generous, yep. living their life, doing their thing, um, and and but from what I understand, it it wasn't a positive um, history at yep. all for people in Burundi. Yeah, um, there was division that came out of it. Flags, you know, labels. Yep. You're from this tribe. Yep. You're from this tribe. Um, and then you know, part of I think that was actually part of the lead up to then the crisis in Rwanda, Burundi. We hear about Rwanda and the yeah. genocide, and that's the same ethnicities, yeah. ethnic groups, and a lot of the Burundi was shared. Yeah, okay. Um, shared that that brunt of 
just indifference and disconnect. Yeah. Um, you know, even coffee itself is only ex- exists in Burundi because um, the colonial um, crew came in and forced everyone to plant coffee yeah. 60 years ago. Yeah, just crazy. Um, yeah, and just... And I just think that maybe, from what I understand, Burundi didn't have a lot to offer for exploitation purposes. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of left in a pretty bad state. Yeah. Um, state. There was a time when it was thriving. Even up until recently, apparently it was just like a bit of a party town. Everyone yeah, okay. It was like, let's go to Bush and Bora for the weekend. Yeah. Um, our country's always been very undeveloped, but um, I think politically... I can't even say what it would be like before colonial. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but yeah. I think that has it, def- it definitely didn't aid. It didn't help. Yeah, um, and definitely get someone with uh, specialisation in colonialism to come and talk and answer these <laughs> yeah. questions for you. So I'm out of my depth. Yeah, well, I guess, but that's a like you never regret like, like diving in and learning things. Like if oh, no. if anyone listening to this and like I'm probably going to spend a little while on YouTube and Wikipedia and stuff like that looking into this later but it's just that you'll never regret learning more about something so mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a whole like it's it's crazy to think that what are there how many countries are there in the world 206 or something yeah I, don't I was going to say 197 but you're right I think you're right we'll Google that after we will Google it I'm going to Google it right now as we talk <laughs> but there's like there's that many countries that each have their history mm. that we could choose to learn and dive into and, and choose to not. And like we look, think of our, our history as we're now, you know, second, third, whatever generation Australians mm. that we've got a very similar history with colonial rule coming over and yeah and tearing things apart the way they were. Yeah. And we don't really think about that day to day as much as we should. Do you know, I think I became more aware of that because I was living with some, some Spanish people and they were so confused about the commonwealth and yeah. we had to talk about what the commonwealth is <laughs> yeah. i was like do you don't understand how good the commonwealth games are like that's good enough reason to stay <laughs> to stay to stay involved uh, uh, but yeah and that came back to then it was very there's so many moments of, of not being a proud australian <laughs> um in conversations about how you know the the, the i guess the european the recent white history of, of australia yeah and it's yeah it's it ain't cool and we and that's the thing like we live in a in a very very white part of the world in Mornington Peninsula and you know it's diversity is slowly it's slowly becoming more diverse but mm. it's not the most diverse area in the world and, and I think things like you spending seven months in Burundi and adding colours to your palette and every time someone from this area travels it, it opens that whole mm. Uh, the whole experience to look at things a little differently mm. it's 241 officially recognised wow. countries and territories from the United Nations the US only recognises 200 classic 160 the best answer is that there are 196 countries in the world I said 197 yeah or are there 197 countries so only 193 are members of the United Nations see the state of Palestine and the Holy See aren't hmm. in there. There you go. Gee whiz. So, there's a lot of countries, around 200. How many languages? That's another little oh, cool thing because that's probably going to be more interesting. Because countries How are just, yeah, lines in the sand, but you've yeah. got a lot of differences. How many do you think? 
Oh, you I just would, saw it? Oh, I just saw it, but I was thinking it was going to be a lot more. Six and a half thousand languages. I was going to say like a hundred thousand. Can you name more than 20? Let's not play that game. Let's not play that game. I think I could. The tw- six and a half thousand are a lot different to twenty, yeah. and twenty would be, I reckon, pushing it for a lot of people. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that's something that's been cool to experience. How much language is a part of? Um, it's an impact and influence on how you live. Mm. Like learning a bit more about Swahili and Arabic. Yeah. yeah, like small, just language banter over beers and yeah, and big brochettes, but. People were like were just sharing words in Swahili and Arabic. And yeah. It's like they are loaded with respect or loaded with love or loaded. I don't know. They're just loaded words. Yeah. I feel like the English language is just direct. Yeah. And you have to Everything's pull a lot of words meant to, to be very literal. Feeling. Yeah. Instead of like they're not loaded with feeling or emotion. Yeah. But you can say a word or you essentially make a sound in, in Arabic or Swahili, which are very similar. Yeah. And it, it is just loaded with respect and honor. It's just like that's oh, powerful. What kind of society that could breed? You know, yeah. That one where elders, you know, you have a language that you speak or words you only say to elders, and they yeah. have they are representing something, but the word itself is loaded with it's a respect. special word. Yeah, you wouldn't just say that to anyone. Yeah. It's like we don't we don't really care. we don't look at words the same way. No. <laughs> no. no. You, you spoke about like the first couple of weeks and what it was like getting into it. What was it like wrapping up the trip in the last month or so, knowing that you're coming home and knowing that you were leaving that place mm-hmm. to come back to a place where you, you know, know and love? What was that like? Uh, once again, everything's felt very kind of natural, natural and, yeah. and drawn. And I think I'm still really wanting to learn how to live in a rhythm rather than routine. Um, but there was a lot of rhythm in Burundi for me yeah and it was kind of busy and there was just I went to Uganda with Sammy Keck and Tommy T and Eddie Dell shout out yeah. lads lads um, <laughs> last week or the week before last yeah and that was a really cool way to kind of be in East Africa still yeah in a different environment and, it was, and Uganda felt very positive and, and filled with hope yeah coming from Burundi as well um, yeah obviously yeah you, you build you know, relationships with cool people and, yeah. and community. Um, uh, so the part of that was sad to leave. But I guess thinking about being here, I had to start, yeah, I had to start processing that at least a month, month and a half out. Yeah. Um, just knowing that there'll be questions about what's your plan, <laughs> what are you doing, you know? And I'm someone who naturally can get anxious about it. If I'm not yeah. doing something, I'm not busy... Um, and I've had to just really be like Jordan the plan is to not have a plan yeah we had that chat on on Saturday and it was kind of like you'd you'd been asked an iteration of that question three times in like the 10 minutes we were sitting there and I think it's a really interesting one because we're we're almost expected to know what's next Mm -hmm. Um, we expected to have the structure and the the things planned out and when we don't it it kind of throws some people Mm -hmm. and it throws us even like Mm -hmm. You know, that routine and, and um, regularity that comes with living in the same place, doing similar things, not necessarily doing extraordinary things and experiencing things for the first time like we spoke about before. That lack of a plan is scary to some people. But I think it's, especially when you've had an experience like you've had, it's probably really important because you can follow the things that feel natural now. Mm. It's so scary in a way. <laughs> 
Only all the good, so all the good things here, are. <laughs> it is expensive here. This beer is expensive. That's what I'm saying. No, you. I've got lots in the fridge, so just come around. Yeah, it's full. Um, you are right. It is. There's an element of. Why wouldn't you have a plan? Mm. You know, especially in a future-oriented society where we have security, we have property rights, we yeah, have business rights. Very different to what life was like in Brundy, day, yeah. day by day in Burundi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not a lot's guaranteed. Um, and there are incredible people and courageous people who still invest, they still yeah. create. Um, and that's inspiring to be, to be around. But yeah, I think an element of being, being back here is even like energy of people like yourself who are, who are doers and, you know, uh, I've just, I've, I've learned about myself that if I don't, I, I, I avoid taking time to sit with myself and my own ideas. Yeah. Um, and I can easily respond and just react and be like, I need to be doing something. Yeah. And that will just be this, you know, that's kind of the rhythm that, uh, yeah. of the routine I was in a year ago. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, there's a different kind of speed. And, and rather than, I even picked myself up yesterday, I told someone I was unemployed right now, so I had heaps of time. <laughs> which is not a lie yeah. but I was like Jordan you're not that just labelled myself as unemployed yeah. like I'm lacking something it's like no I'm yeah. just living right now <laughs> and that's okay because yeah. it means I can have I have yes I have time Yeah, but it's just but it's an identity thing having a job a certain job like even for me like identity Virtus is a big part of it like being a footballer like you know being a dad soon like that's labels that that we put on, on ourselves that Yes, I'm going to be a dad, and yes, I'm part of Virtus, and yes, I'm a footballer. So they're labelled there for a reason, but we don't need them. They don't necessarily add value to our lives. Okay. So you saying whether you're unemployed or not doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It's just just hanging in the moment, like yeah. like exploring. Yeah, and I have I realise the privilege of a safety net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's which also really yeah, which you which we're all fortunate to have because of you know, families and friends yeah. and, and communities that we all have here. Like yeah. if something happened and you'd have so many people that are there to help you mm. and support you but I guess the how about instead of unemployed you just you're an explorer at the moment you're exploring yeah Con- positive connotations living, on, on yeah. exactly the same thing yeah, yeah you're just living yeah. I'm actually a uh, snorkeler yeah it's good full time we are going snorkeling <laughs> yeah, today so it's, it's happening how, did, how does that feel for you because you've you you're a busy man you've got things going on that you this compartmentalizing, departmentalizing mm. the world, our worlds. Yeah. And kind of like putting ourselves into different defined roles. Yeah. Do you naturally do that? Do you find you need to do that to cope? Or do you see a, um, an alternative narrative to how you can approach yourself and identity with these new things? Yeah, I, th- I think it's... I try not to have that those thoughts around like, I am this, I am this, I am this. Because like, I am just a just a person that's trying to do their best day to day in these environments like in these roles but the what the role demands of me today is going to be different to what it demands of me next week or the week after or especially when when big life things start changing as they are going to over the next couple of weeks so i think i look at it as okay well most of my learnings at the moment are not necessarily technical in nature they're adaptive so for me to be able to do what i want to do which changes you know, changes as I change. Mm. There, I need to adapt, 
and I need to figure out where my edges are, whether it be communicating with our team, whether it be you know, my own physical capabilities, whether it be you know, how I interact with KP and our soon to be offspring. <laughs> like when that happens, like those things are just, okay, well, these are my edges at the moment. And, and this is something that I need to rely on the people around me to help me figure out where those edges are because mm-hmm. that self-awareness play that we were talking about before with you, like I feel the same way around like things that I think I'm great at, which I'm sure people close to me would say, yeah, you're rubbish at that. Like communication's a big one. Like I think I'm great at communicating with certain things and certain people and their other people's experiences that will be completely different to my experiences. So I don't know, for, for me, I've kind of danced around the question a little bit, but it's a lot about finding where my edges are in these different areas and working on ways and kind of creating little, little experiments in my life to expand those edges and to, if I'm working with the edges and my capacity is growing, then I'm becoming a better version of myself. And this medium, this podcast, having these conversations has definitely been one of the things that helps with that. Because, you know, you asking me a question in a certain way allows me to think about that aspect of my life and I guess deconstruct it to go, okay, well, these are what my roles look like. Yes, it's all about edges, but you know, maybe maybe there's certain... I don't know, everything for me is just levers to push and pull. Mm-hmm. Do I spend more time training? Do I spend more time on Virtus? Do I spend more time sitting at Common Folk talking rubbish with the guys? Like, do I spend more time journaling? And a lot of it at the moment, especially probably the last six months, knowing that my life's going to change like dramatically has been, okay, what do I think I need at the moment? Um, and I journal every day, but some days it's like pulling teeth. And other days it's... You know, I'll write 20 pages I'll just like I'll write my page and then I'll just I'll write a blog post or you know I'll write quotes or whatever some days it just comes out some days it doesn't and I think it's really important to understand what we need at the time mm-hmm. and I'm sure you'll now that you're back and home and you haven't even been home a week yet so you know, take the pressure off yourself a little bit <laughs> to have that plan you'll be able to just go with what you think you need and mm-hmm. things all things always work out in the end mm-hmm. like Things always work out. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's, it's an interesting one. And, and it's part of like seeing, seeing yourself holistically. Yeah. Um, I guess the, it's, we, you talk about def, defining and, and whatnot. It's, yeah. like, it's like, you know, toolboxes are for compartmentalizing. <laughs> yeah. Not human bodies. Yeah, human minds. that's it. Um, and that helps with the processing. But seeing, you know, seeing those defined... De- those definitions as tools yeah. to in- enrich life rather as like identity is defined as these things definitely um, every, every experience is just adding another tool to that toolbox and eventually that toolbox is going to get full and we yeah. get, a, get another tool, toolbox you know <laughs> some, some people would disagree <laughs> completely with that statement I mean, that had like a, a, a kind of a bit of a, a mind musing um, uh, mind wonder recently of I think I was literally trying to process that. You know? Yeah. I think I went to. Oh, so dumb! But sometimes we just said, "Check yourself out." And you're like Jordan in the middle of the page, box around it. <laughs> okay, line box lives here. Like, what am I doing? This is gross. Like, this happened like two months ago. That's really cool. Ago. And then I was like, "No, I'm not a box." And I'm like, "Okay." And then I was like, "Timeline." I'm like, "No, that's even more linear." Yeah. Like, what am I doing? I'm like, ah. I'm a circle. <laughs> I'm a circle. And it's like, like everything's just encompassing me. Yeah. Like this is just me. Everything's in it. 
And I was like, well, no, that's still a really defined thing. I'm like, I have no idea who I am, yeah. but I'm so okay. Like, and I know that there are things to me that I'm actually really confident about. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not so, maybe it's like a fuzzy circle. <laughs> you know, it's got some different edges. It's a bit yeah. more edgy. And it's like, no, it's, it's actually more than that. It's more three-dimensional. Like it's, yeah. And it's moving. Like, why am I trying to define it? And it's like... The shape I ended up with, maybe, I don't know what atoms look like. Or, but it made me think of the sun. You know, it's got a core. Yeah. We have a core. There's some things that we, we build on, some truths, um, and some like just literal truths, like just human being and yeah. whatever genius we are and those kind of things. But then it's like we have experiences from our birth. And it, like you think of the sun, it have the flares or yeah, the sun flares. Like and that. so it's all gassy and it's all moving. And there's a chance that... Yeah, it's super fluid. And if I'm going to like, you know, you're going to start a business at some age, you've already got all these other flares yeah. of things you've done, but yeah. it's like, actually, no, I'm choosing this way. Yeah. And all those other things exist. You haven't lost them. You didn't yeah. leave them on the timeline 20 years ago. No, they're part of you. Yeah. You carry them today. But now there's a new flare that's going. And it might just keep on growing. Yeah. It might stop. I love that analogy. You might then move to another thing. Actually, I'm going to transfer my energies to that. And you can have things simultaneously moving. You're going to be yeah. a dad. Yeah. You're going to, you know, all these, it's not like, okay, the other things are still new there. box of yeah. Lachlan. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. think what the invitation, for, like in my processing of that was, is if I'm defined and I've got hard edges, how the hell do I connect with another person yeah. if they've got defined hard edges? Yeah. Like there's, we're not, you're, gonna, you're never going to fully interact with There needs to be that but the moment you receptor got, and that. I drew it in a drawing. Let me, I should just show you, this makes it. That was my processing. Oh, I love that. I love that diary too. That's really cool. Yeah, this is a Chinese, China, Beijing food. That's cool. But this will just help. Apologies for everyone that's not watching okay. the uh, the visual version of this, which doesn't this exist This is what yet. I'm trying to explain. Yeah, good. That like, rather than literally. Yeah, that's so <laughs> That's the process. But the moment we have all these little flares, these yeah. undefined things, they can connect with your, you know, yeah. I have a moment of connection with you because like we can yarn that's about That's a great something. analogy. And there's no hard areas. It's unknown what we're talking about, yeah. but it's infinite. Yeah. And I think that idea of treating ourselves as holistic things that everything matters, everything yeah. complements. Um, yeah. We, Tran- transcend, we transcend our previous capabilities yeah. and capacities and that person we were, like, but we also include that person. Yeah. So you know, as as we develop whether it's like from infant to toddler to like we don't cease we cease to be a toddler but we've still that toddler is still within us mm. and it's the same thing as we we grow within whatever we're doing now as it as a fully grown adults which mm. doesn't really exist because we're always growing different ways mm. if we can understand that every time we transcend our current capacities we include the what we were mm. uh, i've got a pile of babushka dolls you know the um, russian nesting yeah. dolls on my desk which is like a great analogy for a little little one like you just if you put them all together it's the bigger one you just yeah, keep yeah, getting yeah. bigger a bigger babushka doll to put yeah. yourself in and if we look at it that way that we're always going to be growing and including and growing transcending and including then mm. everything we do and that's why like we, i am lucky enough to talk to a lot of people that are going through transitions and changes in their life whether it be quitting their job and going to an East African country or whether it be like a, a student who's trying to figure out what their next step is after that or whether it be someone changing jobs. Everything we do is teaches us usable skills to do the next thing. So it doesn't really matter what we choose to do. It matters that we choose something 
dive into it, put all, put everything into it, and then the next thing will come, and the next thing will come, and each one of those makes you a better person at the next thing you do. Like if you decide to learn French over the next 12 months, then that's going to improve your ability to learn different things. It's going to improve your ability to communicate. It's going to change everything, even if you don't actually speak French to mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the... I think that's the the cool part about being human is that there's so many different ways to improve and to grow and to learn more. And All sometimes we have to do is dropping things. Yeah, you know that idea of a holistic thing. It's like yeah. okay, I don't I don't have to like change my timeline. It's actually no, that relationship has to end. Yeah, or it's I not need serving to quit you. that job. Um, or I need to I need to move there, or I need to start doing that. Yeah, you know like. The, we don't have to I think it's also permission to like to, to see yourself respect yourself and, yeah. and go you know what? okay I can I have permission now that's a part of me yes I have to yeah. carry that some of it's painful yeah. I have, and I can't suppress it I have to do it it's part of me but let me now push life yeah try that thing yeah yeah it's pretty cool now one last question for you what are you most excited for <sighs> oh Oh, I mean, getting in the water at the is going to be pretty good. Yeah, it is. Like short-term excitement. <laughs> um, I, I'm genuinely excited about today and tomorrow. Good. Indefinitely. In the sense of, I just really hope that my life is a life-giving lifestyle right? and, and serves a life-giving legacy. And that's a challenge. I have to check in with myself a lot if that's going to happen. But that to me just means that tomorrow I'm going to have, and today, I'm going to have to prioritise people and place. And I don't know, that's an awesome invitation. Good. So that's a bit broad and and out. It's meant to be. Out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's not so so literal. But it's like, no, actually, I'm really excited about today. I'm really excited about tomorrow because there's a lot of wealth in my life and there's and there's more colour to see and there's there's more to experience and there's more cheese and butter to, oh. to eat and buy what a way to finish mate thank you for coming on thank you for the chat thank Thanks, you for man. giving your experiential wealth to everyone that listens you're a boss good from you thank you for that <laughs>